Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, hey, we are back with another episode of the Believe in Pit Football Podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, uh, former quarterback, first team all conference, Bill Stahl. Uh, also with uh, first team all or first team all American linebacker Scott McKillop, and we have also Jerry Dabala as one of our hosts as well. Uh, Tribute review beat writer, sports writer for uh, Pitt Panthers for the last eleven years. Um, how's everyone doing tonight, guys? I like I like the off week. It's a nice way to catch my breath. Yeah, yeah, but that's one of the topics too. We're we're going to talk about this off week and how that, how that uh, that is with with a player standpoint, but also a coaching standpoint as well. Scott, how 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 are you down in West Virginia, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, anytime the Pitt Panthers are doing better than the Mountaineers, it's always a a, a good week, a good uh, good day. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm good, no complaints. Uh, you know, enjoying the off week and you know, enjoying the weather. Love it, love it. Hey, guys, is this is this what Pitt could really look like if if we're like rolling on all cylinders type of thing? I mean, could this really be what what Pitt looks like? I mean, let's 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 recap this game a little bit. You know, Jerry, let's 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 talk about it. Well, I, I think what what Kenny Pickett is doing is something that is sustainable. I mean, I, I believe. He's been very accurate with his long down, downfield throws. Uh, he, he's running the team well. You know, I think Mark Whipple is making good calls. Uh, I think the defense, you know, probably could stand some improvement. Uh, you know, they they haven't been perfect, and, and it's it's tough to play defense in college football these days with all the different formations and guys in motion and and everything else they have to deal with. So yeah, you're not going to pitch a shutout every week, and you're going to give up some yards and some points, and they've been doing that. The secondary has given up, you know, some big some big plays lately. I mean, not so bad, so much against Georgia Tech. Um, but in, in previous games it had. Maybe it's getting better. Uh, the pass rush is good, uh, but not great. Uh, I, I think uh, Habakkuk Bardinato is going to turn into a great player at some point. I think he leads the team in sacks right now, but he, he could probably stand to pick up his game a little bit. And uh, the linebackers, once in a while, they're, they're out of position. But – Again, you know, Scott knows this. You can't be in a great position every snap. You can't make every every play you want to make. And they've been good enough to be 4-1. and one. It's just a shame, you know, they, they couldn't be 5-0 and oh and maybe getting even some more national recognition because they gave up 44 points to a MAC team. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I think you said, Bill, uh, defensively, they uh, – I wouldn't say they've played a complete game yet, but they're, they're getting close. Uh, you know, I think uh, I was – adamant about defensive line getting their hands up. And I think that was what the second play of the, uh, the, the game against tech when they got their hands up in uh, the interception. So, you know, it's, it's, it's progress, you know, and, and, and I think it's, it's, it's a great opportunity for the bye week for them to kind of, you know, self scout, see what's working for them, what's, what's not working for them. And, you know, I, I know being on staff that, that, you know, coach Narduzzi is very, very meticulous when it comes to self-scouting, you know, he, he's going to want, you know, exactly, you know, what, what they're giving up during the big plays, you know, was, was it scheme? Was it player? 
you know, what, what was going wrong. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, knock on wood, they're, they're healthy right now, you know? So let's, you know, it's an opportunity for them to get fresh, get their legs back, get off their feet. I mean, you know, on, on one hand, you, you worry because are they going to get in trouble or are we going to see any police blotter where, you know, you hope not, but there's always a risk. And then, then you, you then you throw in the, the, the COVID, you know, are, are they going to be smart and, you know, uh, to, get, to continue to surround themselves with their, their teammates? I mean, there's, there's a lot of variables. And I think Jerry said it, you know, being a college football player, there's there's so much things that that you know, as, as they're adults, as they like to call themselves, they're, 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 they're becoming their own person and they have a lot of responsibilities. Yeah. I definitely want to want to get more in detail about the bye week aspect, but from, from a defensive standpoint, Scott, uh, I, you, you mentioned one of my, one of my bullet points I wanted to ask you, cause I, I noticed immediately. I mean, I think everybody noticed immediately that they were getting their hands up. I mean, those two turnovers, I mean, we're we're direct, we're direct reflection of the front seven, either getting pressure, getting guys in the face of the quarterback, and like you've been preaching the last, I don't know how many episodes, of the defensive line getting their damn hands up. Now, which is going to lead me to my other question. As far as that self-reflection that Narduzzi, you know, like as as you were saying, you know, wants to do and always likes to do. What else can can you see out there, Scott? That's that that they're working on, that they're improving on defensively. You know, and uh, just fundamentals. I mean, you, you can really see that that guys are working, trying to take that extra step. You know, step on their toes when they tackle. You know, wrap and roll. And you know, nowadays in college football, you know, you you want to go for that that rugby tackle and. You know, it's continually coaching, you know, and, and you can see that the guys are taking it to the field. You know, I think the, uh, you know, and, and I was never a big uh, proponent of the, the of rotating, you know, people at linebacker because, you know, different people play off differently. You know, and it's, you know, the D line, their job is to freaking, you know, cause havoc. And the linebacker, your job is to make the D line right. And then the, the DBs, your job is to make the linebackers right. You know, and, and, and uh, you know, we've been singing Patrician praise, you know, since the first game. And, you know, I, I think he graduated high school with me in 2004. <laughs> Somehow, uh, you know, I, I think that it was an ongoing joke that I think Vince Krishunas had the longest, uh, I think he was a six year senior or maybe, maybe it was a whatever, but it was like Vince, then it was Adam Gunn. Now it's Trey Tipton and, and Patrician, but no, I mean seven years. Look, seniors. it's seven. Years. Yeah, exactly. They're, hey, he'll he'll be up there with uh, with Chris Winky graduating at at twenty eight, twenty nine, freaking years old. Exactly. No, I mean, <laughs> I I I know this is going to give this this bye week. Not only is it good for the players, it's good for the coaches. It's good for the quality control coaches. It's an opportunity for them to catch their breath, spend some time with their family recharge their battery and you know they have what seven games left right seven yes seven yeah to, to finish seven to finish to finish seven games strong you know and these next two games could be huge i mean if you know if, if knock on wood i mean if virginia tech beats notre dame this weekend i mean that that game 330 in blacksburg is gonna is gonna be huge you know uh, and then you know the following weekends clemson and you know i, I know they want to say you know you know play one game at a time but you know both of those games are huge, you know, and, and, and I know that, you know, the ACC is, you know, open for anybody, but I mean, I know defensively he's, 
he's always self-scouting. He wants to know, you know, P, like PN10. I mean, I know he explained in the one press conference, I think, Jerry, you asked. That was a dummy. What, he didn't know what it meant. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I think I think so often. That was a good know, question, Jerry. That was a good question. No, it was. I, I mean, for for non for non, you know, I, I've never been you know, balls to the wall meeting. football yeah. people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was a good question. Yeah. J- Jerry, on, I, Jerry, I, I, I completely agree with you. That was my biggest thing that, you know, being on different coaching staffs and they call things differently. All these coaches think they're the, the next coming of, you know, who, you know, and, and they call trips different. You know, they call Trey, they call why. I mean, it's, it is, it is oh ludicrous. Scott offensively, it's, dude, it's literally offensively going from one team to another. Don't let's not even get into NFL stuff. My goodness, it, it's the same damn play. But if you're with a West Coast offensive coach to a run and gun or or number system, you're if you're in a verbiage type system, your dev, your playbook just turn into three encyclopedias because now yeah. your your verbiage is three four sentences long. When if you're in a number system, you could just say a concept and a few numbers, and you're rocking and rolling. Yeah, it's, no, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It, it's ludicrous, but it is what it is. You know, every coach has their quirks, but I mean, but it, like this, uh, this is, this is huge. You know, it's, it's, um, I mean, you look at Virginia Tech. I mean, you know, if, if they lose to Notre Dame and lose to us, I mean, you know, the, the, that coach is back on the hot seat. It's, it's funny. You know, I mean, I, I was the biggest, you know, proponent of not being a fan of the defense and how they're performing, you know, and, it's like, do, do I drink the Kool-Aid or, you know, what, what it is? I mean, I'll be the first to admit that, you know, they played the way they should have played against Georgia Tech. And, you know, we'll see what happens against Virginia Tech. I, I got a question for Scott and Bill. Uh, the fact that Pitt is off this week and, and Virginia Tech is playing Notre Dame, will that, you, and you guys in your experience, you can answer this question, will that have any effect on, on how Virginia Tech is, is prepared for the game? Will, will Pitt be better prepared because they were off? Or will Virginia Tech be, you know, more in sync because they played? Uh, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll, go, I'll go first, Scott. Uh, from a Pitt player standpoint, I love it. I love that someone else is playing and I'm resting with my teammates. So from that standpoint, I love it because I get to watch them in live Per, like it, it's one thing watching a game live it's you know for, from a player standpoint but like being able to know that they're getting extra bumps and bruises and you know i'm not saying i'm hoping someone gets hurt but there's there's a hundred percent chance that they could get hurt rather than me being you know sitting at the facility watching the game with my teammates uh so there's there's an obvious you know uh, benefits at that point but i think for them for them they can't i hope i hope they're they're worried about pit right now because they should be worried about notre dame because if they're thinking about pit they're going to get their teeth knocked in by notre dame but i love it from a player standpoint and i'm sure coaches love it because that's that's extra tape they get to you know to see uh you know i i can answer it as a player and as a coach as a coach, uh, I mean, you know, the only person that's really worrying about Pitt as far as Virginia Tech is the coaches who are breaking down Pitt because, you know, this is kind of a little something for you, Jerry, and I think, Bill, you might know it as well. You know, the, the quality control coaches and the GAs are the ones who are responsible for breaking down each game and inputting it how they look at it. 
And their job is to have the next opponent broke down the Friday before their previous game. So let's give you an example right here. Virginia Tech is playing Notre Dame on Saturday. So the GAs, quality control coaches, and whatever title you want to call these coaches where you can hide them on their staff, their job is to break down Pitt by this Friday. And then that defensive coordinator, whoever the person in charge of it, just kind of speed checks to make sure everything's correct. So th they don't even know what's going on with Pitt as far as coaching staff. But players, the I mean, main coaches you're talking. Yeah, the, the main coaches have no yeah. idea because, because, you know, then the hard problem for me when I was a GA and a quality control coach is I was usually a week ahead. And then I'd have to like rewatch the film a little bit on Friday evening because I was responsible for calling out personnel or, you know, calling out little, little things here to be alert for when I was up in the booth or I was on the field. So it, it, it's a little different right there, but player wise, I don't think it matters. I mean, you'll have probably a, a core of players that will watch the film together uh, on Saturday. But truth be told, you watch so much film the week of that, that they might just take a chance to just, you know, step away and just relax. But I mean, you know, knowing Kenny, I, I guarantee he, he's getting a bunch of group of guys together and they're watching the game. Well, they're, they're, they were practicing Wednesday and Thursday, Wednesday and today, uh, and then they're off Friday and Saturday, and a lot of them are going home. Uh, so they, they got all their work in probably by the end of the Thursday, end of today, and, uh, uh, and then they have nothing to do over the weekend but watch the game on TV. The, the oh, I'm, the I'm, game. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad Narduzzi's matured because typically before he wouldn't give players off at all. I was I that if you could see my face, I was like, huh? He he's letting good, he's letting him go home before yeah, I mean, I, before a big. Uh, all right, we talked to him today, and and he said he was asked about what he was going to do over the weekend, and if the players are going to get together as a group and watch the the Virginia Tech game, and he said no. He said they don't want to they don't want to see my face any more than they have to, and uh, he sent them all home for <laughs> Friday and Saturday. Got to be back on Sunday. I I know this, you know, when I was on staff, man, he was, you know, if, if, if he was allowed to be with the players for, you know, four days, he was there for as much as he possibly could. I'm surprised that he wouldn't have given them the beginning of the week off and then started the preparation towards the end so that he could have them, you know, for a longer extended period, but still working within the parameters of, you know, what he has to do within the NCAA. You only had two, two uh, on-field practices and usually he has three. So that's a little bit different this week. Well, remember that there's an indoor, so you guys can't see what you can't see. <laughs> That's so, true. So, That's yeah, true. let's 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 add into that before we get into uh, the ball is debriefs here. You know, Scott, from a coaching standpoint, what what can you hope to get done during a bye week? Like, like what what are these practices about? Like, I mean, these these couple practices, you know, are are they really dialing in on on VTech, or are they kind of cleaning up things from? from Georgia Tech, you know, you know, let's, let's fill the viewers in on, or, or the, the listeners in on this. Well, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, th they want to correct the, the big plays th they want to correct the mistakes. You know, if, if, if it, if it's one mistake, it's not a big deal, but if it's the same thing over and over again, then obviously it, it's coaching. So then th they're going to correct that. And then, you know, it, it gives them an opportunity to, you know, like I said, the, the quality control coaches have already been looking at Virginia Tech, you know, a week and a half before. So they're probably alerting Narduzzi kind of what they're doing. And Narduzzi knows what the, the and, and coach Bates knows what they do defensively and offensively. So those, those two practices, like Jerry said, will give them an opportunity for them to, you know, try something that they haven't done in the past. Or, you know, I, I know, 
and, and it's funny if you ever look in the sideline and you see Narduzzi's like little black book, it's like this little thing that he writes down on, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's very, he's very, very good at writing notes as far as what they did, what he did, you know, and, and, you know, every year, regardless of what coach it is, you, you do a self scout based upon the coordinator you're facing and you keep it in your files. So I, I don't know who the coordinator is for Virginia tech, but if Narduzzi's ever faced him before, if Bates has, or if any coach on staff, they have these files that said, Hey, this is what he did. This is how he hurt us. This is what we did that helped us. This was our correction for this formation and this play, you know, cause I mean, it, it, it's, it's a cat and mouse game. So it's, you know, he's very, very meticulous on how he understands how people attack. And, you know, let, let, let's be honest, you know, anytime this defense, and I know a lot of people aren't big on it, that hasn't been successful. If you really look at it, it's been against a quarterback that can really throw. You know, if, I mean, I, I, I wasn't really aware of the quarterback from Western Michigan, but I mean, he had, a, he had a hell of a game and he had a veteran offensive line. So, you know, it's, uh, it was, it was a perfect storm for them. I know that was the theme of our podcast, but, you know, it's it just, you know, dotting the I's, you know, crossing the T's and just continue to work on fundamentals. Yep. We're, we're going we're gonna to transition in here to Dabala's uh, debriefs with the sights and sounds of what's going on down at the complex there at South Water Street in the south side. Jerry, what's – What's Narduzzi talking about? What's what? What, what are their players? Is he is he still messing with you? Is he giving you well, a break during this bye week? Here, here's the thing: we were only invited down there one day this week, and that was today. Uh, they, had a, they had a news conference uh, with uh, Cal, Cal Cal Adamitis, the long snapper, is uh, doing a really nice thing. He's collecting. Uh, he's starting a, a drive, a fun drive for Children's Hospital. He wears number ninety four. Nice. And he's trying to collect $94,000 in funding for a children's hospital. And they had a news conference down there today. And if, if you know Cal, Central Catholic kid, he has this long, blonde, flowing hair. And if they get to $94,000 by the end of the year, end of the season, he's going to have, have the kid shave it. The, uh, the pa- cancer patients at Children's Hospital come into the locker room and shave cool. his head bald. That was, that was one of the things. But Narduzzi was there, too. It's a news conference. And we did talk to him briefly, like I said. He mentioned that he's sending the guys home uh, Friday and Saturday. So really, there wasn't much. Uh, he, I, I asked him a football question, and he said, "I, I got a meeting I got to go to." You know, and <laughs> he just said, "Practice." All he said was, "Practice went fine Wednesday and Thursday," which what he says every week. Um, so I don't know what yeah. kind of meeting he was running to. But you know, the thing he said after the game, after the Georgia Tech game uh, on Saturday, talking about Kenny Pickett and mentioning the Heisman Trophy in the same sentence was maybe a little bit out of character for Narduzzi because. You know, he usually doesn't look ahead for things like that. I mean, the Heisman Trophy uh, ceremony in December is, what, two months away. Right. Pitt has seven games, maybe eight games, if they win the Coastal before they do that ceremony. So a lot of things can happen. But he said, he he came out and said it without being prompted, that that Kenny Pickett is is a Heisman Trophy candidate, which he is. And some other national people have said said so uh, in the meantime. Uh, he's what gets me about what impresses me about Kenny Pickett the most so far this season is how he's hitting the deep ball. I mean, as you know, uh, Bill, that's the hardest ball to throw. And, and, and again, some of these receivers are wide open. You know, Jordan Addison is a great receiver. He knows how to get open as good as, as well as any pit receiver I've seen in 11 seasons. And, and, and Tazier Mack, an acrobatic guy who's also getting open in the, in the tight end is, is 10 feet tall. And he's, he's easy guy to throw to too, but still, Pickett has almost come out of nowhere uh, this season. Um, I did a little research 
before we came on did the podcast here. And before the season, Pro Football Focus put out a listing of every quarterback in the nation. Kenny Pickett, guess what Rory ranked him at in January? 67. The 67th best quarterback in the country. So before the season starts, you know, in August or September, he's all the way up to 52. Okay? And at, at this point, you know, and Pro Football Pro Football Focus did have a little uh, caveat in there that Pitt has what they claim, and it's probably true by the stats, the 15th easiest schedule in the country. And Pitt really hasn't played. And they played UMass and, and New Hampshire, two teams that didn't belong on the same field, you know, with, with any kind of Power 5 team, even though, uh, you know, UMass is actually an FBS team. Uh, but those are two of their wins. And also with a, with a nicely timed bye week before – a whole bunch of conference play. <laughs> yes, a lot of big games coming up. You know, Virginia Tech on the road, Clemson, Miami at Heinz Field. Next three weeks are going to be huge. Uh, but now Pickett is, is second in the nation in passing efficiency right now. 194.7. Uh, he's behind only a guy, Grayson McCall, from Coastal Carolina. And for touchdowns. And touchdowns are what they put the numbers on the scoreboard. How to decide games? 19 touchdowns against one interception. That's also second in the nation to a guy named uh, Tanner Mordecai from SMU. So he's leading the Power Five in, in passing efficiency and in touchdown passes. And so right now, there's a lot of, a lot of talk about the Heisman and if we pick it. There's a lot of game that has to be played yet, but right now he should be in the conversation. I believe, and maybe I'm wrong, I'm not, you, know, you guys are better experts than me. If he keeps this up, even if he approaches or what he, how he's been playing lately, he's going to be more than a fifth-round draft pick in, in 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 next May. He's going to be a guy who's going to be one of the top quarterbacks coming out in the draft. And also, maybe you've seen you guys some social media stuff and some talk radio stuff. Hey, maybe the Steelers should get uh, should get Kenny Pickett for the quarterback instead of Ben Roethlisberger next year. You know, uh, that kind of talk is is starting to grow. And you know, Pitt's only four and one. You know, and, and as you guys know, you know, the, sometimes I, I was at my grandson's little baseball game tonight, and we were talking Pitt football with some of the other grandfathers, and and they said, you, you never know what's going to happen. It's Pitt. They, they're going to probably beat. Virginia Tech beat Clemson and lose a Duke or somebody, you know, and that's just the way it seems to go with Pitt every year. Maybe it's different. We'll see what happens, but it's going to be very interesting over the next seven weeks. Well, speaking, you know, with Kenny and, and the offense, you know, the one thing that, that has been consistent would, would be the offense and, and Kenny's play. So as of right now, I mean, we're talking Pitt, and Kenny Pickett right now, I believe he should be up. He, he should be in the contention. He should have ne- uh, national uh, recognition for a Heisman contender right now. He if, looks like a polished quarterback, doesn't he? I mean, in, in the games, you yeah. the five games. He looks as and, polished as any college quarterback in the country. I remember one, one real quick thing. Uh, when Nathan Peterman was coming out in 2016, uh, it was when John Gruden was working for ESPN, and he used to do that quarterback uh, camp thing. Oh, I loved it. I loved that. Florida, and he, paid, and he invited Peterman to the, to the thing after this 2016 season. I went down, and I interviewed Gruden, and I ta- interviewed Peterman, and Gruden right there in, in front of me, you know, without even cracking a smile, said he's the number one, he's the most NFL-ready quarterback coming out of the draft right now. And it turned out poor Nathan Peterman was a fifth-round draft pick, and he's on his second team already. Um, so, you know, it's hard to say what, 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 who's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. 
Kenny, Kenny Pickett looks to me like he's going to be a good NFL quarterback, maybe not a star, but a guy who's going to have draw a paycheck for a long time. And uh, it'd be very interesting to see what the, the experts think of him, the Mel Kuyper types think of him once the season's over and where they think he's going to go and how high he's going to go. And it's going to be an interesting draft next spring, I believe. Well, I mean, if if he continues to put these numbers up, it's going to be extremely difficult to not talk about him. I mean, he the, these numbers, I mean, just the percentages of completions, I mean, even, you know, the other game, it was, what, 87% or something like that? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking numbers that are, you know, Scott, Scott, you, you could have testified to this. I mean, I don't know if we completed 65% of the passes against seven on seven during practice. I mean, we, you know, you're, you're talking 80 some percent. I mean, that's timing rhythm. And I, I understand, you know, guys work their tails off in the off season. And from my understanding, Jordan Addison spent a whole heck of a lot of time with Kenny and I mean, it, it com- shows. You can see it. completing those deep balls, guys. I, I've I've worked my tail off throwing those to to Doran Diggerson, to John Baldwin, to um, Oderic Turner. You know, guys who played in the league, and we had time and rhythm because of what we did when no one else was looking, when no one else was saying, "Hey, guys, we have practice. You have to be there." Yeah, well, no crap. I'm going to be there practice anyway, but. What turns good players to great players is consistency of working at your craft, and it, it's showing. I mean, the the jump, Jerry. You you might be able to help me with with the numbers here, but the jump from com- deep ball completions, I think, was there was a there was a stat that was out. I don't know if it was last week or, or what, but I mean, he. I think that's one of the his most improved stats. His fourteen his part, yards. 14 yards of completion, which is second in the ACC, which is pretty, 14 yards every time somebody catches a football. Someone catches the ball, you're, you're yeah. moving the chains. Exactly. I mean, you're, you're scoring points, and you're scoring points quick, and that's why they're, they're leading. They're leading in a whole heck of a lot of categories. Um, points. points. Yeah. What, 50, 52? Uh, 50, 50, 50, 50, yeah, 50, yeah. I, I yep. look it up, but it, I should know anything off the top of my head, but I think it's 52.4. And the yardage, they're second in the nation in yardage to Ohio State, and that's well over 500 yards per game. So um, let's let's go around the horn real quick here. Can Pitt win these ACC games playing like this? Like with, with, with the defense – breaking here and there i mean because we're 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 gonna we're gonna come up to some better defenses you know some better individual players meaning quarterbacks we're we're gonna come against some pretty good quarterbacks you know in these next six seven weeks here uh but if pitt's offense can still put up those numbers can we can we win in shootouts i mean do do we think we can either make the offense the other team's offense make the mistakes or can we force some turnovers well bill they're going to lose i mean at some point you know i, I don't see them being 11 and 1 pit pit has been 11 1 since the days of dan marino uh, oh no i'm not i'm not saying i i would love it i mean heck they'd well, give I, us a yeah. whole heck of a lot of stuff to talk about <laughs> it's beautiful well, well into the new year new year's day too yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. but i mean 
this this is what I'm saying. You know, can is this sustainable? This type of play because we are going to get some tougher opponents, and it's football. I mean, guys are going to have bad days. There, some people aren't going to catch the rock. There, Kenny's not going to throw a perfect spiral every time like he has so far. I mean, but you know, what what, what do you think? He has to. He he can throw the ball as well as anybody, but he needs to have a better ground game around him. And once they start threatening people with the ground game, then that's going to you know, open up even more lanes in, in the second. It's amazing the way they're completing passes in the secondary with very little threat of a running game. You, know, you, you think that these guys, these defenses are, are backing off. They so here, run the football because you can't. Uh, for the most part, they haven't run the ball very well. And they should be clogging the passing lanes, especially the deep passing lanes. But that hasn't happened so far. I mean, you know, Pickett and, and Mark Whipple, give Mark Whipple a lot of credit, too. They're finding ways to get people open, and the receivers are very athletic, and they're getting open, too. It is sustainable, but I really think, like you said, the, the teams, the opponents are going to get much difficult, much more difficult as we go on, starting next week at Virginia Tech. Uh, and if they, don't, they can't get a running game going, uh, it, it won't be the same. But they still have a chance to have a really, really good season just because Kenny Pickett, in the, in the offense can bring them from behind. If a defense is having an off day, uh, you know, they can maybe win a shootout like they didn't win against Western Michigan. But uh, I, I think it's sustainable. But without a running game, they're going to lose a couple down the road. So, Scott, put your, put your D coordinator hat on here. And if you're going against Pitt, Pitt's offense and, and Kenny and, and the, whole, the whole brigade here, what, what are you going to be – you know, looking to change. I mean, we don't necessarily have the biggest threat of, of a running game, so we know we're, we're going to pass you to death and try to move the chains, but, you know, what what do you think that they're they're going to face in, in these next couple of weeks? Well, I mean, you know, to, to build off what Jerry said, I mean, Pitt's going to go as, as far as Kenny Pickett's going to go. You know, as, as soon as Kenny Pickett has an off day, Pitt's going to have an off day. And I know that's stating the obvious you know, you need a good quarterback to be successful. But, I mean, you know, if, if, if I'm facing this pit offense, I mean, you know, first and foremost, I'm, I'm finding out where Jordan Addison is, you know, I'm, and, 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 you know, I'm going to make him pay for every time he catches that ball. You know, I'm, I'm going to – if he wants to come across that middle, I'm, I'm going to punish him, you know. And, and you know, I'm going to – if I have to bracket him with, you know, uh, a safety hook over top and whether it's a linebacker or someone in the slot, you know, double-teaming him and, you know, if – if I'm going to lose the pit, I'm going to lose the pit because they're going to run the ball. Because right now they haven't shown that Pitt can be successful in running the ball. Not saying that they can't run the ball, just you know, stating you know the what's been going on. So I mean, I'm going to you know I'm going to force them to beat us with running the ball. So at the, and 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 I think that you know with the offensive line coach and Coach Powell that you know that that's what they want. But you know I'm just going to make them run the ball. I'm, I don't want the ball in Kenny's hand because. Right now, he's on fire. You know, he is, you know, I'm biased, but I think he is the top quarterback right now in the NFL, I mean, in, in, in college football. And I don't care what people say about the easy games that he's played. He, he's done no, – he has nothing to do with the schedule. He didn't make the schedule. You still got to put the numbers up. Exactly. Right? He still has to throw the ball. The receivers still have to catch the ball, and he still has to identify the coverage and, and you know, make the plays. But – you know, it's this this right now is where Kenny's gonna make his money. Everybody yeah. now know everybody now knows about Kenny and what he can do. This is where, and I don't want to call him, you know, Joe Burroughs and what he did at LSU, but I forget what he was 
Now, granted, you know, they're playing the SEC. Everyone thinks is, you know, it is pretty gosh dang good football. But, you know, Joe Burrow's made a lot of money where he was, what, a sixth, seventh round pick going into the season, ended up being a Heisman Trophy winner and a first pick in the first round. I mean, right. I'm not saying it's going to happen with Kenny, but, you know, he is – these next couple games is really going to decide whether or not how much money he can make or how much money he's going to lose. And, you know, I, ju- I just I- – I pray that he's smart with the football like he's doing right now and – you know, he knows when to get rid of it and, you know, doesn't try and do anything special with his, uh, his feet. And, you know, but it's, it's teams are going to force Pitt to run. And, and, you know, I, I, I think they can do it, but right now I, it, it, it isn't showing. Uh, Scott, I'm glad you brought up the, the, the money aspect of things. Uh, when, when I was watching the ACC network the other day and Pat Narduzzi was being interviewed by the two guys on the morning show there. And uh, Narduzzi said at Wednesday's practice at, at, in Pitt this, at Pittsburgh this, this week, six NFL scouts showed up. And there's been NFL scouts at practices you know, all summer. Um, but six of them showed up uh, on, on Wednesday to see different players, including Pickett. And they all said that he made a great decision to decide to come back, and he made himself a lot of money. Uh, like I said, he's not going to be, uh, no matter what happens the rest of the year, you know, he's not going to be a fifth-round draft choice. He's going to be a high pick, first, second, third round for sure. First, uh, I'm going to wait on that. But uh, the NFL scouts know, have noticed uh, Kenny Pickett, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be high on a lot of lists, you know, come draft time next uh, next spring. I, I definitely think he's – he's Yeah. And I, I... Go ahead, Scott. What I was saying is – and is kind of make a funny remark. Jerry said there's six NFL scouts there on Wednesday – I bet you none of those scouts are had Virginia Tech ties because we both know that they would not be allowed in the facility. <laughs> You're probably right. You're none 100% from the Reds- correct. None of them from the Redskins, right? <laughs> or not the Redskins. I apologize. Washington football The Washington team. football team. Yeah, Come sorry, on, Jerry. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but, but Narduzzi makes sure that uh, it's like they have that, that motto, lock the gates. He, does, he makes sure he knows who's in his practice, who's watching his practice. And I, I, I remember when Todd Graham was coach, we were allowed to watch every single snap and even when Wanstat was coach, right, Bill? Yeah. Uh, you could watch uh, reporters could watch every single snap of every practice. Now we Jerry, can watch I, a half hour on Tuesday. I, I I don't know if this is true. This is all second information, but I heard it's the extent where if you're a high school coach and you have ties to the team that they're playing, that he won't even let you come down to practice. You mean ties to the next next week's opponent? Like say there's like say there was a high school coach from Gateway or Penn Hills or North Allegheny. And they were a Virginia Tech grad. Uh, they might not. They might not have been allowed to, to practice. Yeah, you know what? That's probably true of any coach. I, I think I believe it. Not alone in, in that kind of thinking. You know, you, you never know. You, you know, it was funny. You know, when I covered the Steelers all those years, we watched them put up this big building next to the um, on the south side, next to the football fields. Everybody said uh, when Al Davis was alive, Al Davis is up there with binoculars, you know, watching practice. And and there are there is a big building, you know, right there with a lot of windows. You could very easily watch. Yeah, practice. but the train goes by but, every five minutes. You know, Jerry, if if you're good at doing anything. People are going to find out how you're doing it and how to stop oh, you. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. like, are and, paranoid. Yeah. Well, and usually the ones that are paranoid are the ones that are potentially doing things that they know that other people shouldn't know that they're doing. <laughs> well, see, yeah. and that, that, probably that, true. that goes into, you know, our whole topic of, of this whole series so far of, of episodes of can we defensively make those in game transitions those in-game you know strategy fix here fix there those little critiques 
are we legitimately going to do that or are we just going to continue to do what we do? And cause I, I just, I would be afraid of that going into these types of games, um, especially when people already know, I mean, he hasn't changed anything for years. I, I I'm not saying he's going to change anything, we're, we're going to do what we do, but I'm just saying at some point we have to do a little wrinkle off of what the basis of what he does because teams are going to exploit that. And we've seen that already with, with the RPO, um, you know, pass run game that, that was done. Year. So we've seen it every year. You know, the Boston College game last year was a good example of one receivers one on one making catches. But, yeah, but this here's the year, Jerry. Here's the thing. Here's the, I'm just saying, hey, offensively, this, this could be it. This could be hey, our one chance of here, here's, of, of doing hey, something I with yeah. with how with how this conference is. I'm sorry, Scott, uh, talking over you, but uh, with with how this coastal conference is, I mean, my, th- this is our shot. No, this but here, here's, the, here's the thing, though, and you know, I, I, look, I'm very outspoken, you know, about what I feel, but. You know, speaking for an offensive coach, offensive coaches are greedy. They don't want to take the four-yard gain, the three-yard gain, the six-yard gain. They want a 17-yard play. They want that 30-yard gain. They want that that big home run. Like, you know, and, and this is, you know, coaching with Narduzzi, you know, playing under Phil Bennett, who was a quarters coverage team as well, but he didn't press the, the corners. You know, you want the shortest, widest throw, what you want to do. And, and, and at the end of the day, you know where your holes are. And you know how teams are going to attack you. Still, at the end of the day, you got to block the man in front of you. You got to have the quarterback put the ball in the money, and you got to have the receiver make the catch. There's a lot of ifs there that that can happen, and you know it. It's it just happened to be against you know Western Michigan that every bounce went against Pitt. And I know that you know we 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 could have said hey they could have done this they could have done that but like the the, the, the it's worked before. And it just sometimes it doesn't, but you, you gotta have some variable. Though. That's the only thing you gotta switch up. Exactly. Well, exactly. Be I able mean, to make adjustments better than they made in the Western Michigan game. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. because those those adjustments. I mean, those those plays that Western Michigan made are gonna be a little bit more meaningful and more impactful versus a VTech versus a Clemson versus uh, a UNC. I mean, they're they're going to exploit that. And those are going to be touchdowns every completion rather than a first down. It's going to be not going to be easy. You know, you make a good point though, Bill, this is the one year that the offense can carry them and the defense, you know, Narduzzi doesn't want the defense to be the one screwing it up. Uh, you know, you, you, you're not going to have a quarterback. like Kenny Pickett pick it every year. You're not going to exactly. have receivers like, like Taser Mack and Jordan Addison and tight end like Uka scroll every year. So you better take advantage of it while you can. And now that they're four and one, by God, they better finish at least nine and three, in my opinion. Yep. And we're going to transition into uh, 40 and five with, with your quarterback, Bill Stahl. I'm, I'm just going to continue to talk about Kenny a little bit here. Uh, the benefit of, of doing podcasts and not playing football anymore is we can talk about the future. We can talk about these players and, and their possible NFL you know aspirations and things like that. So as far as Kenny, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of our convo a little bit ago. I, I think Kenny could be, could be that quarterback, no matter how he finishes this year, 
I think he could very, very much benefit from, you know, the senior bowl aspect of just coaches just seeing that that extra year of experience, that extra year of the mental capacity to grow as a quarterback. I think that that could take him. I mean, it just takes one one quarterback coach, one offense offensive coordinator, one head coach, one GM, one owner to fall in love with someone as a football player. And then the personality and everything, Kenny already has that. He, he, he seems like a very good dude, good kid, straight on, loves football and wants to wants to get the job done. But I, I, I could see him, you know, going to the, the combine aspect and crushing those those interviews and the physical things. He's already going to put that on the table. I'm just talking about those one on one chalk talk. Here's a dry eraser. Here's a dry erase board. Let's talk some football. Let's talk shop. And I think that he could really increase his stock in that aspect. I agree, Bill. I, I think you know, Kenny's a smart kid, and you know he's had the, the, the experience of working with Mark Whipple for three years. This is the third season. Mark Whipple's been in the NFL. He's, he coached Ben Roethlisberger uh, with the Steelers in, in 2004. Uh, so yeah, he, he really has been with a different, other diff, two, two other different coordinators too. Uh, one other, Sean Watson was was with them when he was um, when he was a freshman. In, in, in the second year when they lost to Clemson in the championship game. But, yeah, uh, you know, Kenny knows as much about Pitt's offense and knows as much about reading defenses as, as anybody in the country right now. And I think he's going to very he's going to impress these head coaches and offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches in the NFL when you know, he gets a chance to meet them at the Senior Bowl and at the Combine later on. So, like I said, he, he's going to get drafted high. I, I really believe that. You know, maybe I'll be proven wrong. But uh, if he doesn't go in the first two rounds, uh, I'll be really surprised. Yeah, especially with the consistency that, that he's that he's shown thus far is just the numbers. I mean, I, I think if he stays up there with those numbers specifically in that top 10 category and and we finish with that at least. And I, I like how you said minimum nine game at, at this point, I think, is is acceptable, quote unquote. Uh, I, I would say the 2009 team, right? Well, then you'd have to get 10 yeah. wins, Jerry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Uh, but hey, uh, the bowl game too. You, you got your 10th in the bowl game, right? Yeah. So yep. I, I said nine and three, you know, 10, ten and three. They get yeah, it. you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Regular season, regular season. Um, so yeah, Scott, what you got, man? Let's talk. Let's talk about the Mad Dog defense here. Let's talk about our. You know, we we talked about him a little bit earlier. Uh, the ACC linebacker of the week, Scott Patrician, the old head, the veteran, uh, with five five total tackles and five and a half tackles for loss and that pick six. Um, I mean, he just he just continues to show up and make plays. Yeah, and, and you know he's he's um, evolved into exactly what Pitt thought he was going to be, you know, and 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 I know maybe you know when he went to Penn State, and you know I believe that they were recruiting him at this position from all along, but he wanted to play safety. You know, it's it, it, it's good recruiting because you know when you're trying to recruit a local boy to stay there, you know when you are successful, the the media 
is going to be more prone to promoting you because you're a local boy. So it's, you know, it's, it's good uh, uh, material to recruit against kids. It's like, you know, you want to go up and, you know, play, you know, Penn state or whatever and not play and then transfer back and look, look what he, um, what they're going to say is what could he have done if he would have been at Pitt those first couple years, you never know, but you know, you can always say what if, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's good to see him, you know, you know, playing, playing fast, you know, coming downhill, making plays. Uh, I think all the linebackers are taking a step up. I mean, I, I, I don't, I think it's probably the best, group of linebackers in a while that I've seen. Now I, I, I won't go and say the best linebackers that I've seen in a while. I think the verdict's still out, but I think, you know, from top to bottom, you know, from the, the top six, seven linebackers in the rotation that they are fitting well within the scheme. They are playing well, uh, you know, but like I said before, even when I played and when they're playing right now, it all starts with the D line. You know, they're, they're kind of like the unsung heroes because, you know, no one's really talking about them taking on double teams and clearing paths for, you know, the linebackers. And it's, you know, when that D line's playing fast and getting uphill and, you know, like we said before, you know, if you're facing a team that's doing three-step drop or RPO, you know, a pass deflection sometimes is just as good as a sack. I mean, look, look, look how many opportunities with the Steelers with Cam Hayward, how much he gets his big paw up and he, he bats balls down. It seems like He's got at least two or three batted balls a game, which, you know, is, is, is a statistic that's not really glamorous as sacks like a TJ Watt. But, you know, th- those are drive killers as well. And to so, piggyback off of that, Scott, from a quarterback standpoint, that's I mean, that's a swift kick in the in the nuts every, every time that a tipped ball. I mean, that that does something to you. You know what I mean? From from a quarterback standpoint, you're you're not yelling at your line, but you're you now you have to tell them, you know, be mindful. Hey guys, get their hands down, get their hands down. Or the coach is literally going to have to change some of those types of plays because I mean, you look at the game, uh, the Georgia tech game with this, the actual pick, he was trying to throw it over the middle. And it was a little, was a little bit of a lower trajectory type of throw. I mean, I I've been in a whole bunch of different situations where balls are getting tipped here or there. But I know if if I'm not having guys in my face, I'm going to have a better chance of being accurate. What, and if, what, that ball, if that ball is tipped, then the next time you go out on the field, you're worried about the ball as a quarterback. You're worried about the ball. You're thinking about again, it. And then you throw the ball differently. And maybe you don't complete the pass. And then imagine imagine throwing throwing a pick six and then having a tipped intercept interception twice in the first quarter. Yeah. And then imagine – have it trying to have throw with confidence for the rest of the rest of the game. And he didn't, he didn't throw with confidence the rest of the game. Exactly. Exactly. My point it's, it's extremely difficult to do uh, once that D line, the D line absolutely improved in that, that aspect, which was, you know, Scott's point all along throughout this, this season. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think this next game coming up, I mean, you know, without really watching much film of Virginia tech, what they're doing this, this year, I'll have an opportunity to watch them against, Notre Dame this weekend, but you know I'm I'm going to look for them to attack the safeties. I'm I'm, I'm going to look for them to really put those safeties in a bind because as much as we have, you know that uh, that safety to the field and, and, and run coverage, you know they're, they're going to try and put him you know in, in a situation where he's got to you know have his run 
responsibilities, but also he's out of his past responsibilities too. So it's, you know, I, I look for both safeties that are going to have to like always be on your A game, but you know, that's, you know I mean? Cause if you look at, it, I mean, basically they have four corners on the field of how they play their safeties. You know, you have that, those number two yeah. receivers everywhere they go. And you know, when you're, when you're at eight yards and you're playing flat footed. And when I say flat footed, it's basically that person has an eight yard head start running as fast as they can at you and you're just chopping your feet and you have him vertical out in over. If he gets to drink a water, you're going to drink a water with him. If he's going to the bathroom, I mean, like you, you literally it's, it's man, but it's not, but it is. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, and, and uh, I, I, um, I'm excited. It'll be interesting to see how Virginia tech uh, does this weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, they beat Notre Dame, so it, it, it Blacksburg three thirty. You know, enter the Sandman. We'll, we'll be rolling for him next week. I agree with everything you said, Scott. But I'm not throwing anybody to the bathroom. I don't care. You know what my coach says to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey. Uh, I I really think we're 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 really gonna see what type of pit team. Uh, we have over these next two weeks specifically these next two weeks specifically um, I think we can get this this next one done uh, no no doubt in my mind uh, I definitely think we can get that done um, I'm looking for I, I'm sorry guys I, I'm biased I I have something against Brian Kelly I, I hope he I hope he has four flat tires and steps in gum on uh on saturday Does uh, anything to do with him being a coach of cincinnati i'm just i'm just spitballing very much so yeah. uh and also there is uh I, some guys that i i had the pleasure of training with after uh after college who may or may not have been coached by him filled me in on on a few things about him not not the greatest person in the world uh but i'm hoping vtech uh whoops their tail uh, i really hope I really hope they do because once we beat them, it's just going to make us look even better. Uh, but so let's let's go around the horn real quick before we close up here. What are we thinking? Uh, I know we have a bye week next week. We got another show coming up. Uh, but what are we giving Pitt right now thus far this season, a grade wise? A, B, C, D. I hope we're not going to give anyone an F, but. Let's, uh, you know, what, what do you say, Jerry? Thus, thus far, what what are you giving us? Talking about an overall grade, you know, overall everything. grade, offense, defense, the I, whole I the whole I deal. Think a solid B, uh, you know, not not a B minus, not a B plus, but a solid B. They're not, they're not undefeated. They gave up forty four points in their only loss to a MAC team, so yep. it, it's, it shouldn't be a B plus. Um, but uh, you know, I guess we said we already said on this podcast, Kenny Pickett covers up a lot of problems. And and with a guy who can throw the ball, a lot of them. throw it deep and get those quick scores, uh, I, I think it, 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 the defense, you know, doesn't have to be perfect. And the defense is not going to be perfect, but it's going to be better. And I, I really think it's going to be better. You're going to see a better pass rush in the second half of the season. I think Habakkuk Baldonado is going to have an all-ACC kind of season over the next seven games because uh, the kid is big and he's strong and he's smart. And I think those three things, and he's coached by probably the best defensive line coach in, in the country, certainly in the conference, in, in Charlie Partridge. Uh, yep. So I, I think the defensive line is going to step up over the second part, second part of the season. And uh, 
I don't want to predict a record at the end of 12 games yet because it's – I want to wait a little bit. But uh, uh, I, I just, can see that. Just the grade. Just the grade. We'll yep. we'll get into the – Solid solid B. Solid right. B. Gotcha. Scott, what do you got, buddy? Well, uh, I would give the and – and, and I'll give a grade for offense, defense, and special teams. I'll start, I'll start with special teams, and I'll give them a C plus. Uh, you know, just because the, the missed extra points, the block punt, you know, there, there's a lot of things that that it could, it could be doing better. Defensively, I'll, I'll, I'll give them a a B minus, and offensively, I'll give them a B plus. So overall, you know, not to steal Jerry's thunder, I'll, I'll give them a solid B. But you know, you know, there's three phases of the game. You know, you know, continuously they're winning offensively but defensively in special teams they're really really lacking and i think that's probably one of the things you know that that you know those two practices that they got in that they're working on the fundamentals for punt all, all the four phases of, spe- of special teams so that that's definitely probably important emphasis and then I'll, I'll predict pitt to win this week uh 45 to nothing uh, i think i'll win this one unlike last week when i predicted them to lose so i think i'll get back on the winning winning track they're going to beat Virginia Tech forty-five nothing. You said. Oh, they're going to win this weekend forty-five nothing, Jerry. Oh, Come on. I got you. Okay. Sorry. Come on, Jerry. Come on now. Um, it's funny you mentioned special teams. Real quick, I want to. We talked to Andre Powell a few weeks ago, and you, he mentioned those four missed extra points, and he was just a, a thunderstruck by the fact that he missed four extra points. And he said to me, Jerry, I think you could even kick an extra point. <laughs> you know, and I said, I don't think, I don't think so, Andre. But I, I do have some eligibility left. Maybe I'll be at practice one day. Oh, uh, if if that happens, Jerry, we I'm gonna be standing at that tall building, getting getting that video. Hey, because I'm because I won't be allowed to be down at practice. That's true. S- speaking of special teams, I know that we talked about trying to get Chris Blewett on for the Clemson week. I don't know if everybody saw, but you know he got signed. Spoiler. Wa- yeah, he, he got signed. <laughs> he got signed to Washington's. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Sorry, uh, I have a, have a bad habit of ruining surprises. But uh, I saw that he got signed to Washington's practice squad. Good for him. He's a good man. I'm glad to hear oh, that. Oh, nice. I'm going to send him a text congratulating him tonight. He's a good guy. Love it. Love it. Well, hey, I'm going to give uh, – I kind of have to give the special teams – I mean, I really want to give a D-plus almost just because of the the missed extra points. I mean, that, that could literally lead to losses – throughout conference play if that bs happens again uh i know we uh there's a certain saying that certain players uh say on the sidelines whenever there's a missed kick or the kickers are just walking around during practice uh bleeping kickers uh is what we all we would always say <laughs> what, what did peyton manning call me idiot kicker when he missed that extra uh, fill against the steelers years ago the already our idiot kicker See, see what I mean? There, there's a certain little underlining thing, but hey, we love them whenever they, they make those game-winning field goals. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm going with C minus. Uh, you know, piggyback off of what Scott was saying uh, with, with the special teams. Um, I'm gonna go B. I'm gonna go C plus, C plus for the defense and B plus for the offense. Um, I mean, we're we're doing good things. It's just that that Western Michigan game obviously gave us uh gave us a nightmare. But you know, moving forward, 
we're going to utilize this bye week. We're going to get after it. We're going to get healthy. We're going to rest up and then get ready for next week. Uh, but hey, we're going to wrap this up. This is the Believe in Pit football. This is what you get. Uh, a bunch of former athletes, former pit guys, a uh, couple All Americans, an All Conference quarterback, and a veteran, veteran sports writer for the Trib and Jerry Abala. I am Bill Stahl. Uh, Scott McKillop, Doran Dickerson will be back with us next week. That's it. Signing off from for the Believe in Pit Football Podcast. <laughs>